So we are uh, talking about the new commandment and living in the new commandment. So the, this new commandment that Jesus gave us, and, and what it is, is this, love one another. That's it. <laughs> That's how he wants you to live your life. Love one another. He says, as I have loved you, so too should you love one another. And so living your life in love is what we've been talking about, how to fulfill that new commandment, how to live in those words of Jesus Christ, how to love one another as Christ loved us. Loved us. And, and today's no exception, and, and today is something that's um, so easy to do, and yet so often it's not done. I'll tell you a little story about a mom and her son. Um, during the week, her, a mom was noticing that her son kept getting more tired and more tired and just energy was being drained from him she could tell and and by the end of the week he just you know i'm not getting out of bed and his alarm went off and and the mom heard the the alarm go off and then she heard it silenced and didn't see her son come heard the alarm go off again and you know the snooze cycle went about three times and she finally went into his room opened the door and said son it's time to get out of bed he goes mom give me one good reason why and she said i'll give you three One, it's Sunday morning. Two, you're 44 and you should know better. And three, you're the pastor and they're expecting you. See, the thing is that we all have these moments in our life where we're so down and we're so discouraged and we're so spent that we just don't want to get out of bed. Or the proverbial bed, that we just don't want to move forward, that we're stuck in a rut, that we're just there. We need somebody to come alongside us and say, get out of bed, get up, get going with what you're doing. It's time to go to work. It's time to move on. It's time to do this and you can do it. You can do it. And we need somebody to encourage us, really. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And in this, let me uh, preface it by what Paul is talking about, because there's this question in Thessalonica, what happens to those of our loved ones who have already died? Because Jesus hasn't come back yet, so what happens to them? They were greatly concerned about this, and there was great debates going on and different teachings that were going on about what happened to people that had already died before Jesus had come back. And so Paul is writing and answering this question. He goes, I really don't need to write to you about how and when all of this will happen, dear brothers and sisters. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. When people are saying all is well, everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall upon them suddenly as a woman's birth pains begin when her child is about to be born. And there will be no escape. He's a real encouraging, supportive writer, isn't he? But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to the darkness. So be on guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be sober. Night is the time for sleep and the time when people get drunk. But let us who live in the light think clearly, protected by the body armor of faith and love and wearing as our helmets the confidence of our salvation. For God decided to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. He died for us so that we can live with him forever, whether we are dead or alive at the time of his return. Verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. 
So in summation of all of this coming of Jesus and everything that's going on and the anxiety of how I'm living my life and what's going on in my world, he says at the end of it, encourage one another. Build each other up. Support one another. It's a tough world out there. There's lots of questions. There's lots of uncertainties. Encourage one another. Be there for one another. And if you know anything about Paul's writing, this isn't the only time he says this. He talks about encouraging one another quite often in his writings. There's a time specifically where he says he's completely drained of everything. I can't go on, but then Titus shows up. And Titus brings me this great news of encouragement and words, and I'm so excited. It kept me going. These words of encouragement that are so powerful and so valuable and free to give, we often hold them back. There's a story that Robert Schuller tells of a banker who goes into his job every morning, faithfully. Every morning he goes in, he walks the same way up the big stairs to his bank. And every morning there is a, a, a paraplegic sitting on these stairs. And he has a can. And every morning the banker goes by and he drops a couple coins in the can. But unlike other people who walk by this beggar, he stops and he takes a pencil from the guy's can. And he says, I'm not giving to you because you're a beggar. I'm giving to you because you're a salesman. And I expect good quality from these pencils that I take from you. You're a salesman. And he goes on into his bank. And he does this every morning, every morning. You're not a beggar, you're a salesman. Till one day the guy wasn't there anymore. Banker goes into work, guy's not there. Next day, guy's not there. After a while, the banker just forgets about him. Then he walks into this convenience store. And behind the counter, the man's face lights up and it's that man. Turns out that it's his store. He says, I'm so excited that you came in. I've been waiting for you. The reason I'm here is because of you. Every day you'd walk by me and you told me, I'm not a beggar, I'm a salesman. So I took that to heart and I became the best pencil salesman there was and I sold the heck out of those pencils. And I saved my money and then I started doing other things and it's ended me up here. So thank you for believing in me and supporting me and encouraging me. Think about that. Just a simple thing. A guy walks by, doesn't know him. Just says, you're not a beggar, you're a salesman. Sell me that pencil. And it changes his life. For a stranger. And yet we don't want to give encouragement to our loved ones sometimes. We hold back the things we ought to say when we ought to say them. A lot of times in our society, criticism is the first thing that comes through our mouth. Not encouragement. Not love. Not support, not building one another up, but tearing each other down. Why? Because it makes us feel better about ourselves, really. Encouragement. I said this at the first service. Um, my wife was here, and I will say it again so you know I'm not trying to get points. I have a hot wife. Oh, yeah, she's good looking. And I think that all the time. And every time she comes out and she's in something, you know, you know dress up or whatever, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like thinking, wow, she looks great tonight, or wow, she looks great today. But I'm the type of person that if it's gone through my mind, I have so many things that go through my mind at any one instant that I'm not sure which one actually comes out of my mouth that I rarely say those things. And then she asks, well, how, well, how do I look? Oh, didn't I tell you you look great? No. Oh, I'm sorry, I was thinking it. Why didn't you tell me? Oh, I don't know. 
it's so easy and it's so simple to just say, you look great. Now, there are times where she doesn't, and I'll tell her. (laughs) Really, that's what we're going to wear tonight? Wow. Not really. I didn't say that at the last service. But honestly, how hard is it to give encouragement? It is the cheapest gift to give anyone and is one of the most powerful. There was a study that was done a long time ago, and I read it um, many, many years ago, and I can't remember where it was from, but it was a study done about plants. And what they did is they took two identical plants. They gave them equal amounts of sunlight. They gave them equal amounts of plant food and water. And they set one plant over here, and they talked down to the plant. You're ugly. You call that a leaf? I've seen better leaves than trees. You know, that's a flower. That's a horrible flower. And they do stuff like that. And then this plant over here, they oh, you're beautiful. The green you have is so wonderful. Look at the flower. Oh, your bouquet, it's so beautiful. And after a while, this plant withered and died. And this plant f- flourished. Plants. Yeah, Google that story. It's a true story. Plants. React to words. Withering and dying. Don't you think... Sometimes when people hear you're bad, you're bad, you're horrible, you're horrible inside, they're withering and dying. And all it takes is somebody to go, you, you look good. Good job. Well done. Daryl, what is from the guitar today? AJ, way to keep on beat. Good job. Stacy, way to keep up with the lyrics. John, thanks for keeping the sound going. But how often do I take those things for granted and not say, Daryl, thank you? AJ, thanks so much. John, thank you for doing what you do. You show up here every Sunday without fail and you run our sound so that people can hear us. I take those things for granted so often. And we do that in every aspect of our life. We think of these things maybe and and we take these things for granted and we don't just stop and take just a moment to say thanks. Good job. Way to go. You can do it. Get out of bed. Keep going. There's this CD, when, when you, parents of an older generation will understand this, that have kids a little bit older, but I'm learning that my iTunes section and my, the soundtrack of my life is no longer what I would really like to listen to. It is now um, children's songs, you know, those annoying little tunes that get stuck in your head for the rest of the day um, because that's what our kids listen to, so that's what we do. There's this one song, um, it's Home on the Range. Um, I mean, that's, you all know it. Home, home on the range. And in this, they stop and they start talking about discouraging words and encouraging words. And what's an encouraging word? And my wife and I make fun of this all the time, but it's words like yes and thank you and you're beautiful. And, you know, and they say it in that kind of voice. And so Jen and I will go, you're beautiful to one another. But really, isn't it better to hear an encouraging word rather than a discouraging word? Aren't you more likely to be built up by somebody who's saying, good job. You know, you failed right here, and that's okay. Good job. Keep going. When I was a teacher, I taught fifth grade. And and I could tell the kids who came from homes where love was prevalent. I could tell the kids in my class who came from homes where the parents were involved and where parents were encouraging to them and not always saying, you're so great and wonderful and awesome. Nothing you do is wrong because that's silly. But at the times when they fail, at the times when they miss the mark, they're like, it's okay. Let's work through this. You know, you failed that math test. Okay, that's fine. Let's work through this and figure out how we can teach it to you a little better. You can do it. 
And you could see a difference in those kids that had none of that at home. In the way they act in class, the way they carried themselves, their grades, all across the board. You could tell. You could tell. There are a lot of kids in here today, more so than normal. Not actually, not really that many. There's about 10 of you. But there are a lot of kids in our world. Man, they need to be encouraged. They need to be supported and lifted up. And not always told that they're right because they're kids. They're not. And there's times where they're going to fail. And there's times when they're going to miss the mark. And times you're frustrated with them. Ah, Ashley, I can't believe you did that. But then you come alongside him and that's okay. Let's work through this. Let's get beyond it. Let's move forward. Paul says, encourage one another. Build one another up. There's a lot of uncertainties in the world. There's a lot of questions we don't understand, we don't get. So we stand together and we walk together. That's the thing. If you think of the time in which Paul was writing this and what it was like to be a Christian at this time, your life was on the line. If you professed faith in Jesus Christ, you could be thrown in prison and tortured and murdered because of your belief in Christ. And so what Paul's saying there is pretty heavy. There's a lot of crazy things going on in this world. I know it. I've been in prison a few times myself. So we have to support one another. We have to come alongside one another and pick each other up when we need to. We need to walk beside one another, put our arms around her, be the hands and feet of Jesus with one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up. So when that time comes, when Jesus comes, it says like a thief in the night, we're ready. Encourage one another. It's so easy and so simple to do, and yet so often we hold it back. Today is a day in the liturgical calendar that I like to call Aggie Muster Day. Those of you Aggies understand. It's All Saints Sunday. It's a day in the liturgical year when we go through and we think of the Christians, the people who have gone before us. And in the sanctuary, what we typically do is we read them name by name. These are the people, the saints, who have died in the last year. But in here, what I I want you to do is just think about it. Think about somebody you know who has gone before you. And, And maybe they haven't even died this year. Every year around this time, I think of my granddaddy, Paul. His name was Paul Collins. I was named after him. He, he was a family doctor in Wichita Falls, Texas. He always walked with a cane. He had a bow tie and a bowler hat. He always had a handlebar mustache. He was about six foot four at his peak. He eventually shrank. But he was one of the funniest guys you would ever meet. He was always happy and always supportive and always encouraging. Didn't matter what was going on. He was there to, to lift you up. He was one of those people that you wanted to be around because he made you feel better. You know the people I'm talking about? He was one of those guys. You just, when he was in your presence, things were just okay. You knew when Paul was around that things were good. He was an encouraging kind of guy. And it's moments like this when I think back of all the people that have gone before me, all the carriers of the banner of Christ. Man, those are the people I want to be like. I want to be like those people. I want to be like Paul who supported people. I want to be like, be like all the people that have come before who have lifted up the name of Jesus. He said, you can do it too. 
I know being a Christian is hard. I know turning your back on the world is really hard. It's okay. I'm here to support you. Good job. You could do it. So today, just think about those people that have gone before. Think about those people that come to mind when, when I say these things. Thank God for them. Thank God for those people. And part of encouraging people is to encourage them into a relationship with Christ. It's to encourage people, parents, say, you know, you all have a hard job being parents raising children. And so we as the church want to encourage you and support you in that. And part of that is the holy sacrament of baptism. And so we have that wonderfully placed today for the Sharp family. If y'all would come forward. Gage is asleep. Good. Claire's about to be really awake. This is uh, Brad and Terrence Sharp and little Gage over here who we baptized a while ago. And this is the newest one, member of the family, Clara Neely. And we are very excited to see her. And she's so excited to see me. Excellent. So we will do this quickly, Clara. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All this is God's gift to us offered without price. I present to you Clara Neely Sharp for baptism. I ask you two these questions. On behalf of the whole church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sins? We do. And do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? We do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? And I ask you, since you are the body of Christ and the family of God, and, and baptism isn't just something that's happening in the Sharp family, it's something that's incorporated into the entire church, I ask you, do you as Christ's body of the church reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? If so, please say we do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include this child now before you in your care? If so, please say we will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless the gift of water and she who receives it, to wash away her sin and clothe her in righteousness throughout her life, that dying and being raised with Christ, she may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen.